Sovereign God, we thank you for who you are and who you will always be. Lord, I ask that you move me behind the cross, that the words of my mouth will be a meditation unto your heart. Lord, continue to give us not only the historical importance of where we have been in the past, but let us press forward to become who you are calling us to be this day. God, give us a spirit of reconciliation, a spirit of knowledge, and a spirit of forward motion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Usher, thank you for your service. You may be seated. Your red looks really great today. If you haven't had a chance to look over how important it is that we love our hearts, so I'm wearing the red hearts. I didn't have a red dress, and I haven't yet to receive a red robe, so I figured I'd wear the dark red. Amen? But I'm here in spirit, and I thank God that we celebrate not only our health and our breath and our strength, but we're able to look to one another and say, God, I can look back and wonder not only how I got over, but with the history of who we are as people, that we can come together and look at what used to be and declare newness in life. This is Black History Month, and the scripture today deals with the story of leprosy. And many of us might say, ah, that was a disease back then, and leprosy may not be occurring today. But I venture out to say to you, Throughout this sermon today, I hope that not only will we look at the physical nature of what leprosy is, but get an understanding of the emotional nature of what leprosy has evolved to over years and years and years. I was kind of surprised I actually went to the World Health Organization and looked up and realized that leprosy is a chronic disease caused by some form of bacteria. Back in the day when this Bible of ours that we love and worship and, and we get to understand who God is through the Word of God, that we realized leprosy was a disease of the ancient civilization. It was first noted that leprosy was discussed in 600 B.C. But they had the physician Jesus along the way. And we just have the physicians touched by Jesus in the 21st century. But it's good to know that healing then and healing now is still able to be extended unto us. As I looked at the organization, I realized that leprosy is still in parts of the world. Though it may not be in America, it may not be here, there are forms of what occurs from leprosy. It talks about in the Levitical book of law, if you go back to the Old Testament, of what had to be done if you had leprosy. Turn to somebody and say, do you have leprosy? If we did, we'd have to live far, far away. We'd have to live in, away from the people. We could not live in the city. We could not live amongst the persons because the Levitic law said, if you have leprosy, you're not clean. Can you say not clean? Not clean. And we have to live far, far away. But in the 21st century, there are a lot of things that we still treat and act in the same way. As people treated those persons with leprosy, Amen. we treat people like that today. Amen. When the word AIDS first came up, and people began to say, maybe that's not a gay disease. Maybe that's a disease other people are getting. People would say, ooh, he got things on his face. Or, ooh, they look so sick. And we didn't want them to be our neighbors. Leprosy in a different way. Amen. But the story that I'm going to tell 
and wrap our, our sermon in today is one that is very important to us as Methodists. Can you believe that there was a time when the leprosy of the hour that impacted our great and wonderful church was leprosy and it was named racism? Oh, don't get quiet on me. This is Black History Month. And at some point in life, we have to talk about what was to recognize healing in today so we can go forward. As great as our story in Methodism is, it's tough sometimes to look back and read the historical statement that comes out of our great history. If you look at the bulletin, there's a statement in the Got Questions that talks about the central jurisdiction. Raise your hands if you were part of the Methodist Church when we were in the central jurisdiction. There's one in the back. There's one here. There's one over there. And some of us quietly raise our hands. And some of us are saying, Central what? What in the world is she talking about? Well, the reality is if our great church is 90 years old, we were part of the central jurisdiction. We were part of yet a great church before it was joined together. Well, you see, Methodism is part of American history. Say American history. America was the mission field for John Wesley and his brothers. Charles wrote the music, and believe it or not, he wrote music to bar songs. Can you say bar songs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bar songs had the beat, yeah. and he took the beat of England. And you may be saying something now, but it don't sound like the beat I listen to. <laughs> but he was the beat of yeah. And they brought it to America as the mission field. And when they came to America, and then America began to grow, Slavery grew also. Yes, racism is a sin. It lived and breathed in America. All the roots have not been cut off. And there's still little things that go along, even in the 21st century. The sermon title this morning is simply, Obstacles Move Beyond Them. If it had to have a subtitle, it would be called simply, Lord, make me clean. Because, for you see, there's a lot of times that we have a story and we have a history and we quietly say, I don't want to think about that. That was so, 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 so far away. But maybe you don't understand the central jurisdiction and maybe you never thought about it. But maybe you were one of those people who carried the past to cross Houston Avenue. If I ask you to raise your hand, are you one of those card-carrying people way back when they could not cross Houston Avenue because the color of your skin was entirely too dark? And now you say, oh, no, no, no problem, Pastor. I ran across Houston Avenue. I own Houston Avenue. I took care of Houston Avenue. We don't have that problem here in America. And we definitely don't have it in Port Arthur, Texas. Well, I stopped by here to tell you this morning that God is a good God. And God is a God of reconciliation. And God is a God of understanding. And God is a God of renewal. God is a God that is great and awesome. But God is a God that tells the truth. What is racism? 
I struggled with actually during this sermon in the way that we are in Black History Month. And we have to realize that we have inventors that are black. We have inventors that are great. We have historians that are great. And in many a day, the story of who we are as people slips under the cracks of the door and never gets told because somewhere along the way, that story just didn't get included in your history book. I was 21 years old before I had a formal class that dealt with black history. But you see, I came and began school when integration just began. I was on the front end of the front. I went to school, and whenever they wanted to send a child, my parents signed my name. <laughs> I know what it's like to be lonely, black something. I know what it's like to be when I touch your head. I know what it's like for people to wonder, why are you laying up the same thing you are? All right. Oh, yeah, to get uncomfortable sometimes because our intelligentsia isn't always hands around us. So leprosy is not the disease of both, but it is disease of color. All right, now. Racism was hard being on the front end because my community protected me. I didn't know what the N-word was. I really didn't. I didn't know what Houston Avenue was. All right. Because the North and the South did it very much differently, but the reality of it is the Methodist Church had its first breakup over slavery. John Wesley said, there'll be none. He said, this church will be cleansed of separateness. Methodist Episcopal South said, uh-uh. We'll start a brand new section. You know all of Y'all can have abolitionists and freedom fighters and all that. And we have it. All right. But we're not going to have that up in here. All right. We're not going to have that thing called equality. And the church split. God healed me. God cleansed me. God delivered me. And then there was the AMEs and the CME and the AME Zion. And we say we're all cousins. Then there was the AME, the Methodist policy. There was all these things birthed out of the understanding that John Wesley was a mission-minded man. And he said the grace of God is sufficient. We will come as brothers and sisters and love God and serve God and be at the throne of grace together. But somebody said, "Uh uh-uh, not in my neighborhood. Uh Well, you see, racism is a sin. Every human being is created in the image of God. And a person of whom Christ died. Racism causes us to use our heritage, our skin color, our color color, one against the other to believe that one is better than the other. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about your grandmother. My mom would say, it's all the same on the other side of the street. Water and ice is still cold. Whether it comes out of the white water fountain or the colored one. And I would have been like Mr. Harris and some of the people. If I had been born in that day, I would have got a truck. So my family was going to fully explain to me why that was not available to me. Nah. It's sitting right there. That's right. It's much closer than the black one. 
that more understood. So you see, our value is not based on the color of our skin. That's right. That's right. But the content of our heart. All right, now. And the love of Jesus Christ. If I took a knife and cut my hand, cut your hand, cut your hand, cut your hand, and let it all drip down like this, would it not drip red? Would it not bleed the same color? Would it not reflect that we are all reconciled under Jesus Christ? The enemies came out of struggle. Richard Allen was on his knees at St. George's Church, simply praying in the altar. Their money was good enough to build the building. Their money was good enough to expand the building. Well, you see, free slaves was even involved back in the 1700s. And when the building opened, they simply said, you people can't pray here. Can't you stand up? Nesting them up. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. That won't work. So out of that experience birthed the struggle. So you see in the cleansing process, yes, sometimes it's just a touch from Jesus Christ. But the manifestation into our lives and our spirits takes the most struggle. Because we've got to fight what the flesh says. Can't you imagine Richard Allen saying, uh-uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can't you see Harry Hoosier? Just sitting there saying, his name is Colonel Black Harry. He was the first minister of African American descent to be ordained a minister in this Methodist church. Yeah. Black Harry, what they called him, was a powerful speaker. But they said only in that side of the church. <laughs> the difference between reconciliation then and reconciliation now is about 200 and some odd years. So you see, the church had a chance to get it together in our lifetime. Yeah. I'm not going to ask who was born in the 1930s or the 1940s, because we got some young people, like you said, we young. No. Then got old. So I'm not going to ask you what year it was. But the church had a chance to come together. To bring the central jurisdiction or bring the Methodist Episcopal South and the Methodist Episcopal North and the first Methodist Protestant church all together. But at the conference in 1940, they said, We are united. But what somebody didn't say was, We're united. But you people. Y'all need to serve over here. All right. So the blacks serve collectively as one jurisdiction where the annual brothers and sisters in Christ served others. And some even justified their racism in a sense. They said, you know, you have a chance to get some good leaders out of this. But what happened? Instead of the reconciliation of kind, a new kind of segregation occurred. Well, you see... As I said earlier, the Methodists were part of the mission movement, the history of this country, and we dealt with history and political issues. When slavery was a hot button, some people said we won't support it, and other people said, yeah, but we will. Some people said we won't separate it, and some people said, oh, yes, but we will. 1939, 
brothers and sisters and black brothers and sisters and his friends, brothers and sisters and say, we got to come together. For you see, racism can't live if the race card ain't in the deck. I said to you again, racism can't exist if the race card ain't in the deck. I went to a black history program, and a woman was talking about the pains and the struggles, and all of a sudden she leaned over and said, what is it going to take to get the race card out of the deck? So that's where we come to today. We're working on getting the race card out of the deck. Because there's a healing nature, there's a reconciliation, there's an ability for change to come. What happened in 1939 existed in 
Let God change, but increase our ability to research. We are important to the thread of America. Just as we are important to this church, we are important to this city, but greater than our individual importance, the collective importance of the whole body needs to be reconciled. I will say this openly. Angela Baker knows me from many events in this district. I started not to tell this story because she was coming to that. But a voice in my heart said, tell the truth, shame the devil, call it as it is. Because until we know our people perish for the lack of knowledge, and we don't need to perish not one more day. In the name of Jesus. I know this wasn't traditional. I know this didn't have three points in a poem. I know it didn't go down the list and have all kind of instructions of what we should do and what we shouldn't do. But I say to you this. The quote that caught my mind from Rosa Parks that I made up my mind. Not to be moved. People made up their mind along the way in our history that gave us strength, gave us the ability to walk when people had thrown us away. Dig for your history. Know the importance of who you are. Watch your way to the table. But God called me say, God, search my heart. Yeah. Cleanse me and make me new. Tell me what's amazing for right now in the 21st century. I know what was this, and I want to know what's left. Because God's amazing for what's left. All right, now. Yeah. Somebody's 101 years old. 101 years old. We were all born in short different eras. Right now. But God has thought they could touch us yeah. for such a time. Oh, right. That we are made and blessed and created to do a new thing. Don't hold on in a mentality of hatred. So you see, you might miss your blessing. Booker T. Washington says success always leaves footprints. It's hard for the Lord to guide you if you haven't made up your mind. That's what Madam C.J. Walker says. Never be limited by others' limited imagination. That's what Dr. May Jemison said. And Dr. Martin Luther King wrapped it up with the ultimate measure of a man. It's not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. The storm tore this city up. It won a black storm. It won a white storm. It won a Hispanic storm. It won a Vietnamese storm. It won a light-skinned storm. It won a dark-skinned storm. It won a storm that said, I like you better than I like you. It was a storm. All right. The storm raged in this city and whipped around here side to side and tore. But I say, cleanse me. Yeah. Make me a new. All right. Touch my faith. Touch my spirit. Touch my journey. 
make me remember the past, but gravitate to the newness of today. I close with a few statements from a little poem that simply says, where would we be without black people? A little guy named Theo talked to his mother and said, you know, Mom, what if there weren't no black people in the world? She said, I never thought about that, son, but let's see what we can figure out. He said, go up there, baby, and get dressed, and we'll do a little research. He ran up to the room to put on his clothes and his shoes, and when he came back down, his mom said, boy, are you so wrinkled? Why you don't have no shoelaces in your shoes? So you see, the ironing board was missing. Because Sarah Boone, a black woman, invented the ironing board. And Jan Metzinger, a black man, invented the shoelacing machine. She said, she said, well, at least wear a golf and comb your hair. Do something. She came back down and said, Mama, ain't no comb. Ain't no brush. But you see, Walter Sammons was the black man who invented the comb. And Lydia Newman was the black woman who invented the brush. And all of a sudden, she looked at the man and she said, Oh, my God! My hair looks so high. She didn't realize Madam C.J. Walker wasn't in the picture. He said, well, maybe we can do some chores. And he said, well, start sweeping. And he went to the corner to get the dustpan. It was wrong, too. But you see, Lloyd Ray was the black man who invented the dustpan. And it goes on and on and on, from the elevator to the traffic light, from the computer to the motor or the machines that raise our cars and make things happen. Research what we bring to the table and we know that we have a great heritage. But more importantly, allow God to touch you. Say to the obstacles in your life, I need Jesus to... Lay hands on me and heal my body. I need Jesus to reform my soul. I need Jesus to cleanse me and make me whole. If you don't know that kind of Jesus, I highly recommend that you meet King Jesus. I highly recommend that you don't even reconcile your heart. I highly recommend that you know he loves you. I highly recommend that you realize he wants to cleanse you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Don't hate one another. Cry with one another one day about the hatred that once was. Pray that the hatred that is still existing would be gone because we can come together as Christ. Pray that our city can be put together not as a black city on one side of the street and a white city on the other. Pray that we can come together as one people of God, that we can praise God. Maybe you don't sing it the way I sing it. Maybe you don't move the way I move. But God is giving you a new song. That's why I have faith. And allow God.